Hello and welcome to a new episode of our Agilative podcast. This time it will be quite interesting. We have a guest, but we also want to do it in a little bit uh, different uh, way. Uh, so uh, on the one side, um, I would like to welcome uh, again Sasha, my uh, co-host. Great to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks. Hello. And uh, Shrigram, uh, great to have you again on the uh, po podcast. And people don't wonder. Uh, that's what I said. We, we want to do it a little bit different because Sasha is uh, quite new uh, to our company. And we were thinking, okay, oh. uh, why not getting his view about the edge and uh, uh, Cloud Native? And so we thought, okay, we need to have a different moderator for this. And uh, that's the setup uh, we would like to run today. But before we start, like uh, potentially, uh, let's have a, a general talk uh, how it's going. I think here in Germany, uh, it's good. We see that the numbers are, are going down. Um, I think good. Uh, also in the US, it starts getting better or? <laughs> it is, I think, getting better with the vaccinations. So it is getting better. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope, uh, like, At least in the second half of the year, we can also meet us really in person on uh, conferences uh, again and, uh, and then share uh, ideas and talk about new technologies in the future. Absolutely. And uh, with this, uh, I would like to hand over uh, for the questions to uh, Sriram and get more insights from Sasha. Uh, uh, what's his view uh, is about uh, Edge and uh, the whole cloud native journey at the Edge? Awesome. Well, thank you very much uh, for setting the stage. I'm looking forward to learning more about Cloud Native and about you, Sasha. So uh, to get started, how did you end up at uh, Kubernetes? Yeah, uh, thanks, Triam. And that is uh, pretty uh, pretty easy to explain. My employer um, in 2016, uh, this 11 at that time, was a customer uh, who was one of the very first adopters of the Kubernetes platform. And uh, we decided then that uh, we want to uh, build our own uh, Kubernetes offering. And I had the pleasure to be the product owner responsible for the topic and had a great team that is uh, still working there and is still a customer. And then my uh, journey uh, took me some uh, someplace else. It was another a managed service provider. And uh, after uh, that step, we were still in contact, in close contact, because also uh, Innovo Cloud was a customer or is a customer of uh, Kubernetes. And um, we decided um, over the period of a couple of months, I think it was, that it would be a great idea to join forces and to drive forward what um, yeah we already had um, co-innovated on in some topics and uh, yeah just um, uh, uh, kicked off um, a couple of years back so tell me more about a cloud native journey what is a cloud native journey um, well from my experience cloud native and the cloud native journey uh, is that an organization decides to adopt some paradigms that have been uh, developed over the past two decades, I'd say, um, on how to um, develop, how to operate, um, how to evolve uh, their uh, applications, their IT systems, and um, uh, in total, their ability to 
be flexible um, when it comes to adapting new technology and also to decide to join in in a community where um, yeah, difficult uh, tasks um, are shared in a, in, a, in a cooperation that will then result in a software most of the time that everyone can participate from. I mean, we have seen um, in the early days of um, the Cloud Native Foundation, uh, we've seen a handful of projects um, that were incorporated by CNCF and were uh, pushed and uh, uh, thrived by the community. Kubernetes itself, of course, as the most popular example. But if you look at the project uh, roadmap now from CNCF, I think you could uh, need a, a doctorate in order to uh, sort this all out. It's becoming a massive um, a success in all regards. I think that's due to um, the great community work of the CNCF that they learn from um, from other um, endeavors that maybe at some point in time were not as as successful. They managed to manage the growth yeah, and the extent. Uh, that there is and i think it's really not a question if you want to uh do cloud native and uh, uh set your uh, set sales on this journey i think you are more or less forced to if you run a company nowadays and you may not even be able to avoid it even even if you wanted it even the major hyperscalers in uh, in our cloud business yeah have all joined in on on cloud native and i think for a lot of uh, endeavors and tasks that we face, Cloud Native delivers very promising answers and innovates at a pace that is astounding. I'm, I do not know if a single organization could ever deliver this. And I think that's what it's all about. Great, great, thank you. So why would you say uh, Cloud Native is uh, particularly important uh, for businesses, um, what does it do for them from a value proposition perspective? Um, I think if you uh, if you look at the uh, Cloud Native Foundation and all the projects that are uh, uh, now done by the uh, by the foundation, the overall um, topic they provide is they give you access to technology that you essentially need in order to be successful in the digital age. Um, you will get access to technology that you cannot really get around. I mean, there's always uh, an alternative. Yeah? Sometimes it's a, a very successful software company that has not an open source approach. That's also a valid, uh, valid uh, proposition. But uh, for a lot of tasks, for a lot of things that you need to do uh, from an uh, IT perspective in order to enable your business to strive, Cloud Native has an answer. If we look at uh, Kubernetes, yeah, it's um, it's easy to say that this is uh, 25 years of, of operations experience put into software and from a lot of operations experts combined. So you cannot even employ so many people in order to get the same amount of experience in. And the um, scalable approach that Cloud Native also um, has a as a particular item. Or, or on the agenda is uh, very um, uh, important as well. It doesn't matter if you are very uh, small or very big. 
at some point in time you will um, you will get uh, to a moment where you need to decide whether I am still able to manage the tasks that I have. Yeah, and we see that uh, nowadays, particularly uh, with our schools. Yeah, it's not the not the most fun topic that we struggle to provide remote uh, schooling. But I had the pleasure to um, get a glimpse of the complexity and about, um, for example, costs behind this topic. And if you want to provide um, a video conferencing for hundreds and thousands of schools, and that is only for a small amount of, uh, of Germany, yeah, Berlin, so to say, where I am living at, we have a couple of thousands of schools, meaning even more uh, classes And they all need uh, video conferencing. And now you um, uh, get a glimpse uh, of what uh, Cloud Native could do for your organization because as we all uh, more and more are likely to use home or, uh, office, we all need video conferencing as well. So now we need not just one room, we need maybe five rooms in order to coordinate all our tasks with all our colleagues. And you also want to um, want to get this uh, up and running without uh, spending an endless amount of money on it. And for schools in particular, you would run a class-based or a school-based system where you can uh, upload homework. Seems very basic, but it isn't. You want to get new tasks, uh, receive new tasks. You want to um, uh, cooperate and co-innovate on a subject matter, yeah? doing school projects like we all maybe loved or hated them when we were in school, but we all did them. We all had our school projects yeah? and we met and sometimes it was good, sometimes it was disorganized. The very same challenges uh, you will face as well. But from the provider perspective, we now have thousands of instances that we need to provide and they all should be resilient. They all should be Uh, more or less uh, observable and you want to uh, just deliver a good service in the end. Yeah, You want those pupils to be able to use that maybe even easily. Yeah, Now we come to the user experience part uh, of things. And for all that, you need engineering. Nothing of that comes for free. And um, I think if uh, 10 years ago, for example, we would have a global initiative Where um, uh, smart people uh, would come would have come together and started a let us do a digital uh, school and university software that is scalable and that uh, faces uh, such challenges. Yeah, and now you can port that to your organization as an enterprise or as a SM, SME. I think um, we wouldn't uh, struggle so hard to make it happen uh, today. For um, cloud native and for the principles that we see there this has happened yeah so for it infrastructure managing infrastructure managing code managing software and bring it all together make it all interoperable so we did that but um, on the application level for the school example we haven't yeah there are some systems here and there but the amount of hours and and of thought and of passion people put into a cloud uh, a cloud native That is something um, that in other parts is missing. And I think when you reflect that example, you easily understand why you would want to join in. Because uh, even your direct competition may contribute something um, towards the uh, Cloud Native initiative that you can then later uh, um, use. 
And I remember very well our podcast together we had. And I was really um, enjoying it um, uh, the whole time because you could explain um, so well how to how to get a benefit out of uh, out of 5G, how to set up the private 5G. Yeah, we talked about, and this is in in a core principle the same thing. Very smart people thought about how to do 5G, what is missing in 4G and other things. Yeah, and they brought it all together, and now we are able to participate from it. And this exact uh, reason is why I think everyone more or less is inclined uh, to go cloud native with the organization. And I think many, many organizations even participate from it without um, knowing that they uh, actually receive benefits from these initiatives. Well, great. So how do you become part of this journey? How do you empower organizations to become part of this journey? Yeah, I think um, you have to have um, at least one person who is willing to to take that step and uh, that wants to actively uh, contribute. Yeah, then you of course need to inform yourselves and uh, what what would you do? And I think that's that's always the best case if you have a problem that you uh, want to solve uh, and a topic or a task you want to achieve. Yeah. And uh, um, you could then have a look and see if there is a, for example, a Linux Foundation, Cloud Native Foundation project that uh, helps with the uh, topic that you uh, want to embark on. And then you uh, will learn how to actually work with the community because that's not that's not easy. When I when I started the first steps, I was uh, I was quite insecure. Yeah, maybe it's good to. Ask someone that that you know if you if if he wants to help you out with your first steps. Yeah, and um, of course you can uh, join um, the organizations as well and uh, contribute as a member. That is uh, very valid as well. But I think it's it it has to start with uh, with a person that wants to uh, achieve something and may find um, an open source project that is suitable, and then. Of course, like uh, always, we need to approach others um, within our organization. We need to make them aware. We need to uh, start um, uh, letting them uh, participate and achieve uh, something via the uh, the tools uh, provided, via the methods provided. And I think this is how we can uh, spread it. And of course, for everyone who already is um, uh, contributing and is part, I think it's vital that we also are not getting tired of uh, talking to our peers that this is actually a great thing uh, to do and that this um, enriches you in many, many ways. Uh, when we, for example, face a very difficult issue uh, within our development department, um, one of the first things to do is that we asks, uh, ask uh, within the uh, community of the foundation Uh, if somebody has uh, had such is issues, yeah, if they faced the same, and uh, if they liked a proposal to um, to solve a certain problem, and then you get uh, tons and tons of feedback. Yeah, it's it's really astonishing. If you uh, like me, I, I once made a mistake, and I, uh, via GitHub, I just uh, bookmarked the whole Kubernetes project. Uh, your email provider will thank you for this uh, for this uh, mistake because you will receive hundreds of emails within minutes, yeah, 
and you, will, and you will see how powerful this is and how many people are actively pushing uh, thoughts into this. Yeah. Well, great, great, great. So can you give some examples of uh, cloud-native journeys that you have enabled? Can you showcase some results that the journeys you have enabled have provided? Uh, yes. So um, we have, um, uh, for example, I had the chance to uh, um, dip into a public uh, schooling and um, the core components for the architecture and design for this particular approach uh, have been based on cloud native. So they active, actively participated that the software is free. And I think um, everyone agrees that um, uh, schooling and uh, getting uh, people to learn new things shouldn't be as uh, costly as they sometimes could be. And um, we um, uh, set up the, um, the design yeah, on a container-based um, uh, infrastructure that then would deliver the different systems like um, uh, where teachers would organize uh, and plan stuff, where pupils would upload um, a homework, yeah, and where even uh, parents could join in um, that was quite nice. Uh, I didn't use it was possible, and could, uh, and could help out uh, their uh, their children with with homework, for example, and even had the chance to look if everything was on schedule. Uh, so quite nice. And this was uh, done uh, on cloud native, and um, on the um, enterprise uh, part inside, we've seen um, companies that really did the lift and shift where they just decided that they want to want to fully invest into uh, this approach and um, they reworked most of their systems they invested a lot into um, uh, writing their applications or adapting their applications into a containerized approach and um, the benefits that they saw are quite extensive um, for one example um, one specific number uh, I have in my mind is a as a platform for an internal service that they uh, that they refreshed um, so to say, and they could um, uh, run it with thirty uh, percent of the original cost that they had, and they did not uh, change that much. They just really invested into understanding the original paradigm, what they are missing now and that they uh, could uh, reuse uh, some of the work that they've been done previously. And um, it's quite um, e easy to do so. So I think it's uh, it's a very, uh, it makes a lot of fun, to be fair, to work on, on that particular subject, because it's very, um, very motivating and very forward motivated. It is, it is. That's great. So uh, talking about 5G and my podcast on, on 5G, and you know, I enjoyed that very much. Uh, what does Kubematic provide 5G or 5G or NIOT that in, in those spaces makes a difference from a cloud native perspective? What do you provide? Yeah, um, a very, uh, very interesting question. So uh, we looked at um, our architecture and what we are currently capable of. And what we were able to determine quite clearly is that um, our uh, approach, 
of um, focusing on multi-cluster Kubernetes and managing and automating it to uh, uh, yeah to merely the absolute um, uh, possibilities that there are. We are um, uh, really uh, interesting for um, uh, telecommunication providers um, to deliver containerized workloads nearly everywhere where you have compute available. You can structure the whole uh, topic with our uh, software and uh, you can then place the uh, application workload onto more or less everything. The interesting part is that uh, we, as we are just providing the software, just enable you to do so. So whether you want to go with an in-house approach where you even have your own hardware design, we can uh, we can work with that. We can help you even create an a API for the specific hardware design and then use it. Yeah, If you want to go with um, uh, one of the uh, uh, hyperscalers and their approaches we are already compatible because as long as the network and compute is there we are compatible so we can we can uh, work with that and that is why we um, will uh, further invest into the capabilities to run kubernetes anywhere and really anywhere um, for, for one of my ideas is um, if, if this is doable at all, yeah, to 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 do it on a satellite, I would really love that because I I think it would be just great uh, to provision a containerized workload on a on a satellite to uh, enhance the capabilities. Because all I know is that it's pretty strict putting software on there, and it it will not be altered that fast, yeah. But um, as I am a technology enthusiast, as as many of us are. Um, I would really love to see that. It's just uh, uh, something that that uh, once came to my mind. And in the IoT context, um, I think it's also a very, very important that you are able to connect a lot of different areas to manage them, yeah, to be able to operate them. And if we are talking about thousands or tens of thousands or even a hundred of thousands, this is something that is quite difficult. And I think with our level of automation um, we provide within that specific context, we are also um, pretty much a number one choice to do that because that is what, what we've all been focusing on. We always have been a, a company focusing on automation and on how to do many things alike and how to structure them. And that is why I think um, uh, Kubernetes is a quite... Uh, has quite the good approach. And to be honest, I don't know if I spill the beans here, but when they originally started with their design and approach and all the all the work that they put in, I don't know if they if they have thought uh, about each and every aspect and that um, uh, a couple of years later, this would uh, be highly beneficial uh, for for, uh, for for edge uh, for IOT uh, work as well. So, um, but that is up for uh, Sebastian to uh, to decide. <laughs> oh, great, oh, great. So thank you again for answering those questions. Very insightful. Would you have any further remarks on where the future is for five, 10 uh, years out? Uh, it sounds like not just everything will be cloud native, but... Um... No, I don't think so, that everything will be... But I think 10 years from now, there, there, there are two possibilities that I have thought out a, a, a lot recently. 
over Christmas. And one thing is, I think, uh, initiatives like um, uh, Cloud Native, even in other areas and other aspects, um, may become pretty dominant because when you uh, uh, look uh, that more or less everyone and every organization needs uh, needs this digitalization, I think software companies that base their whole business on selling software might uh, might uh, not even be capable um, of that very uh, topic, especially if you look at Kubernetes, which is developed with a with an enormous pace. In 10 years from now, it might be that enterprises that want to solve a specific problem um, or want to generate um, a specific um, a platform, for example, might just join in onto such um, uh, such cooperation and an open source initiative and will solve their problems um, via that approach and that we even see uh, less uh, dedicated software um, developing companies and more software development um, in general just by uh, all the uh, enterprises and all the uh, SMEs that will not be comparable in scale to what we are seeing now. That is one of the things that I've thought of uh, could might have happened um, in uh, in 10 years from now. Uh, and for the 5G and edge topic, I think that uh, once we uh, read, uh, reach a certain point in time, it's, it's very hard to determine when that will be. The uh, interoperability and interconnectivity will be something so... Um, so self-explanatory uh, that I don't know if, if we really feel the burden of it and what people uh, 10 or 20 years earlier have done in order to make it happen. So um, I have a feeling that um, that this will that there will be a pivotal point where it's just, you know, it just happened. Interesting. That is, uh, that is something I'm looking forward to. Me too. Me too. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thanks to both of you. Uh, I think this was a quite interesting uh, interview and also a different setup. So hopefully we can talk also uh, in the future for another topic again and then uh, talk to you soon.